You're listening to The Music Tricked Me, a podcast by French recording engineer Elise Mollet, where music insiders talk about their experience in the industry and all the tricks they've learned along the way. The Music Tricked Me Are you excited that it's raclette season? Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> this is a thing, uh, a French people thing. And I'm trying to initiate a lot of people. And Bernard, we both have a raclette machine here <laughs> in Ireland. Um, and I'm very, very excited. I think I'm going to do one probably next week. So mm. we'll see, we'll see. Yes. How are yes. you? <laughs> I'm going to try to put one for uh, early December. We're recording that um, end of November, guys. And uh, yeah, it might be this episode might be released um, when it's starting to be uh, spring again. But uh, currently we're in the middle of November and we're all very excited about Racklet yes, and are. Christmas food. Yes. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Today I am with Maud, who is a promoter rep and tour manager. And it turns out she's also a French person in Dublin. So I'm really excited to talk to her today. Uh, she shares a lot of things with me. Um, how are you doing, Maud? Hello, I'm doing very good. Yes, thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming. You told me last week you were quite busy. Uh, you had a lot of gigs, right? Yeah, I had about um, five shows in a row, which it doesn't seem like a lot as a regular, like, you know, five days work, you know, a week. But um Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of organization ahead and stuff, so it's it's good that it's kind of all, all kind of gone the brick shrunk gigs, and now it's kind of a bit more spaced out. So, okay, yeah, a bit more time for preparation and rest to be uh, fully prepared. <laughs> What kind of hours would you do when you work on a on a gig? Because the gig is like seven, eight, but what time do you have to start? So it depends. This week was kind of. Um, uh, a bit heavier because um, there was bigger artists coming to Ireland. So I had a 9am load-in for a bit of a pre-production gig. Um, so that was 9am in the venue and leaving around 12. So that's you stop counting your hours mm -hmm. when it's <laughs> like that. Um, then usually I'd say load-in in Ireland is about... Um, depends around 3 to 5 p.m. depending on the venue if it's a bigger venue of course you'll have an earlier loading because you probably have more um to set up more backline and um you bring your on desk and stuff like that so that will take a bit more time but for a uh, wheelings or workman's that'll be around 5 p.m. Mm. and then yeah finish around 12 half 12 And the time that, because you need to stay until the very end. You're the first person to come in. So even if loading is at five, I need to be there at four to bring in the rider, make sure everything is set up. Because um, you never know, maybe the stage hasn't been cleared the next day. So you kind of need to be a bit ahead of things to make sure that the band arrives to the condition it should be in mm. and set up the dressing room. And then kind of make sure to be there a bit in advance uh, to receive the band, um, help them to uh, load in, show them where to park. So then at 5 p.m. you're kind of all in the venue ready to start because then it's about an hour and a half sun check and then the support is sun checking. So from 5 then it kind of just roll on and you don't see the time. Doors open, sun check, or the support's on. And then load out and my job is over when I kind of wave goodbye to the band <laughs> when everything is back in the van and everyone's happy. And yeah, this is when I can go home. And then you're back the following day. Exactly. <laughs> All which, over again. Which gigs were you working on this week? Uh, last week, sorry. Um, I had a big one called Lizzie Michael Pine mm. um, from America. Uh, she's actually been uh, nominated for a Grammy, and she uh, knew like she knew this on the day of her show. So that was kind of um, kind of a nice moment for her to have mm. and celebrate in Dublin. Then I had uh, Cinder Well, a folk artist from America as well, but has um, Irish musicians. So it was very tragedy. It was really good. 
another band called Divide and Dissolve that is more um, noisy, ambient. Uh, I don't know if I can say ambient, noisy. Uh, that's more the type. But um, yeah, one thing that's really good is that even at my level, I still work with um, new artists and big artists, which always kind of like... Uh, broaden or like you know like your job is never the same and it's always nice to work with new artists and just kind of see them having the first gig the first audience uh, in a more organized like organized you know side of it because there will be a promoter there'll be me involved and then work with other big artists that has a tour manager a front of house monitor engineer light lighting tech you know Mm. Musicians at different career levels and loads of different venues as well, I guess. Yeah, I was in, yeah, it's, last week I was in the Workman's Cellar, but in a factory, Workman's Main Room, Wheelands. So, yeah, that was, yeah, a different venue every day. Lizzie Michael Pine had two days in the Berlin factory, so, mm. yeah. Yeah, you said to me that you, you're starting to know the venues really well around Dublin, right? Yes, I, and it's good to as well get connection with everyone. I mean, I'm very lucky. Um, well, I don't know if it's lucky, but everyone is being very nice, even from the security to the bad stuff to the sound engineers, uh, the venue managers. Um, so it doesn't take a lot to kind of build a bit of a, a relationship with all of them. Uh, but of course, the more you go there the more you can just you know feed this relationship so um yeah it's it's as a as a rep you really need to make sure that you are there and everything just goes well as you had planned it before so basically on the day I should not really be working because everything would have been organized before and I just need to be there to kind of answer the questions to show them uh, where is the backstage, show them where, like, you know, how, or introduce them to um, the front of house, to kind of whatever they need to have. But all the technical aspect is already prepared. The, the sound engineer know everything about their technical writer. The, uh, sorry, the tour manager has had the venue spec before, so he would know kind of what environment they're working in. So, yeah, it's always the kind of the same rollover. Mm -hmm. And do you want to give us a little bit of your background? What brought you to be a promoter rep, a tour manager, and how long you've been in Ireland and all that? Yeah, of course. Um, so I think I've always kind of wanted to be in music. My parents were very uh, music lovers, so I've been to live gigs a lot, and I think that's what kind of fed you know, fed me and really wanted to work in the live scene, although I didn't really know exactly what what job even were available in the live scene, apart from being a musician or front of house, you know, it's it, there's a lot of moving parts around. So um, after I finished high school, I decided to move abroad because I wanted to work internationally, so I had to speak English. Um, so I moved to Chicago I found a school there, but what I was learning was more business management about firms and, you know, CEOs and all that. And this is not really uh, part of the music industry, although I learned English over there and I looked for more uh, music management courses in Europe that would allow me to even work in venues when I was uh, under 21, because in America it would have been impossible. Mm. So then I found courses. There was one in Scotland. There was one in Dublin. I found one in Paris as well. But um, luckily I got accepted to all of them and I f chose Dublin. <laughs> I'd never been to Dublin before. You always hear good things about Dublin. So I was like, you know what, let's go for it. And it's been very, very good since I moved here, uh, which was about six years ago. So I enrolled in Ballyfermot College and... It was a course in music management. And then I studied a lot of different areas, which was really good in music. There were, we were even like learning about law, uh, promotion, marketing, uh, business, and then the live aspect. 
like we had to organize a gig for one of our um how do you call it assignment ah. so that was really fun and then that kind of got me to be like okay cool in the live music there are promoters but they don't actually deal with the tech aspect and then I was like, oh, there are tour managers as well. I always loved uh, traveling. I always loved, yeah, I think traveling, love music and just going, being in different places all the time. I don't think I'm made to like be somewhere, same place all the time. So, yeah, I started to like learn more about tour management. I um, kept talking about it to my teachers and I think at one point my teacher was like, all right, Maud, I know a tour manager. I might link you in with him. I was like, please do. It's been a year <laughs> that I keep saying I want to be a tour manager. Um, so he linked me in with Paddy McPolland, one of his old friends, that was Sinead O'Connor tour manager for years. He had worked with Take That and had worked with a lot of trad bands like the High Kings or Clannad. So he's been one of them. He's been in the industry for years. And I got in touch with him at first just to ask him a bit of questions on tour management uh, to see how it was. And at the end of it, it was like, Maud, your questions were kind of good. And I think the next step for you is to actually see how life on the road is. I was like, wow. <laughs> It's finally coming. And he was like, I'll take you on the road for three days. They were doing um, a small uh, little run of shows with the High Kings in Ireland. So I went on the van with them and I basically shadowed Paddy. And it's good because um, on this tour, he was, there were a crew as well, but he was kind of setting up the merch, like he was kind of doing everything. So I really got a um, an insight of all the little things that a tour manager can come in. And uh, he was uh, looking after the band, making sure the writer was here, um, you know, setting up a little office, make, like, you know, putting all the signs on the dressing room, like allocating everything, talking to all the venue managers, introducing his crew to the venue crew and I came back and I was like wow this is actually really what I want to do I'm going to be a tour manager <laughs> but how, how am I going to do that with you know my experience which is basically <laughs> very small <laughs> but then through college I I had to do a uh, media project and I did a documentary on music and live music which as well, I got in touch with other people that I had met and mainly uh, female, but I also reached out to Paddy and Pete Holiday, my teacher at the time, because uh, I wanted to have more a uh, an insight or like a, a view on the evolution in music. And Paddy, once again, helped me to uh, reach out to a uh, female in music that he had worked with in the past and a lot of them were actually promoter rep. And a lot of them were in Aiken. So I started to uh, get in touch with those people. And yeah, one thing and another, I found myself to shadow for reps in Aiken and did again with the merge. So yeah, it's been, it's, it's, it's really hard to actually say or like put a, you know, a finger on how kind of you make it in music. I think it all comes very naturally, although really have to be present and be there. And then, you know, you wake up someday and you're like, wow, I'm actually, I think I'm doing it. <laughs> you're never sure. You're know, like, is that, is that it? Is, am I, am I here? Or, yeah. yeah. I think it's always good to keep yourself guessing a little bit. Guess it to be good at your job. <laughs> Yeah, totally. It's not surprising, like loads of people say that, you know, their journey has been doing loads of different jobs before getting to where they are now. And that's why it's it's really nice to have you on the podcast today, because I like the journey. I like your curiosity. You said like, you know, asking questions and showing that you're passionate about what you want and what you, you want to do that really helped you opening some doors. And the fact that you have seen different aspects the 
people a tour manager has to talk to, an understanding of the road crew and the traveling logistics, the Santex, you know, you're you're not just like working with the band, you're working with loads of other people. And you were saying even working in festivals that really helped you understanding when there's a problem on stage, how to solve it really quickly. So when now you're on tour with a band and there's a, an issue on stage or you're doing sign check as a promoter rep, then you have more understanding of how to solve issues faster. So I, re- I think it's really interesting how you... Um, how you've gathered different skills that I'm sure are super useful today. And the the funny thing is one of the one of the interesting things is that you said when you're working as a promoter rep, you talk to tour managers. And when you're a tour manager, you communicate with promoters. So you can really see what the other person is expecting and how to communicate communicate properly, concisely with them. So do you want to tell us before I get um sidetracked, uh, who you work with now, which which artists and which companies you work with? Yeah, so um at the moment I work with uh singular artists and foggy notions. That were promoters that worked with Aiken before um, and decided to create their own promotion company. So I had worked with them a bit in the past, uh, but now fully uh, freelance, freelancing with them. Um, and then I also work on the side as a tour manager um, whenever the opportunity comes. Um, I mainly tour with Sprints and I was on tour with uh, New Dad. Um, we're supporting Dublin on tour. So that was my first proper European tour, driving the van, advancing the shows, like the real 360 deal, let's say, you know. <laughs> Um, but then I'm a freelancer as well, so it would happen that someone will contact me and be like, hey, you're free for this show. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's it's kind of building a portfolio almost, you know, I mean, as a freelancer, you have your base. Um, but then as well, it's kind of being flexible and to make sure you have, you know, your diary full in some ways. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you don't really know what opportunity can lead you to your next gig so for example when you were doing merch you said that um, suddenly you were doing merch for Fountains exactly <laughs> it's like I've done uh, especially at the start when I started to like um, talk with Aiken they're like okay cool we um, will we'll get you to shadow some reps and then they were like oh I, they asked you know they asked for a merch seller do you want to come do the merch and then you can just learn on the show as well I was like perfect yeah so I, I was starting to do merch quite often um, and then got asked to do merch um, for Fontaine's. And as well, when I was doing merch, uh, as I really wanted to be on tour, every time that I saw the communication was good with the band and that we kind of got along, I was like, well, if you need a merch set on tour, let me know. And I kept saying that. And then for Fontaine's, uh, it went really well. It was a busy, busy day as well. And I said to Trevor, like, well, if you have a Marcel on tour, let me know. And it was actually at Christmas time almost. He messaged me. He was like, hey, are you free for a few shows uh, in January? I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> so they got me on tour for a few days. And then I was in a tour bus as well. I was really into that uh, full touring experience. Um, big venues as well, loads of crew, you know, it was always, it was, it was the, you know, the step above. So yeah, you, you never, never actually know what's going to come. Uh, you work with someone and even now as a tour manager, like, because I, I really want to tour more often, although I really like the balance from promoter rep and tour manager, because it can be really tiring to be on the road. And you're never really fully, you know, settled. So it's nice to kind of come back at home, settle for a few months and then make sure you're ready to go back on the road. But when I rap, it depends, you know, like it can happen naturally in a conversation with a band and be like, oh, um, like, do you tour or like, you know, it just can happen in conversation. And then they're like, oh, I might actually be looking for a tour manager for my next tour. Can I grab your contact? So... I'd say as a tour manager, like, sprints, they're my friends. Um, I was like, 
<clears throat> I'm going to be your tour manager. Like, you know, guys, you have no choice. <laughs> and I'm here. Like, you know, it's, it's what's going to happen. With New Dad, I worked at a festival with them. And just naturally in a conversation as well, I was like, oh, yeah, no, like I, like I want to tour more. And they're like, oh, really? It's like, we might need a tour manager. So, yeah, it's always, I think the music industry as well is a lot of that. It's being at the right place at the right time. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all doing different things and we're all going to need someone at some point. Like here, you know, you might work with a band or you might meet a band and they're like, oh, I'm going to write an album soon enough, you know. I might need, you know, uh, someone to record it or to mix it. And then you're like, okay, cool, grab your contact. And that's what I kind of like about it, although it can be really triggering sometimes, especially when you start, because you're like, oh, when is it going to come? Like, I'm always out at shows, I'm always talking to people, but it doesn't come. Eventually, it is going to come, but you're always going to have to be present and be vocal about what you want. You know, a lot of people even said to me when I really wanted to be a tour manager and didn't tour, they're like, but start calling yourself a tour manager. You know, and then people are going to take you on tour as a tour manager. You know, if you just say, I want to be like, yeah, but you need to be, you know. And I was like, oh, yeah, but I don't have the skills. They're like, yeah, no, but call yourself a tour manager and you'll see you may have more work coming. So (laughs) Modesty is a thing that, you know, the imposter syndrome and all that and the trying to be humble at the beginning is definitely a thing. (laughs) I know, I know through well. Yeah. well, it's it's brilliant to just hear all your, your your stories, and I like that you're keen and passionate. As as you said, that's the really important thing is to just share the love of what you do to other people, and never eventually it's infectious, and they're just like, we want that person who's super sound and passionate about what they do. Let's give it a go, and um, it's also great because you're going to be able to answer all my questions about <laughs> tour management and promoter reps. It's two aspects that I don't know that much about, and I'm really curious. Um, so thanks for sharing your stories and your time today. Shall we just start with uh, tour management? Of course, yeah, let's go. <laughs> cool. Well, can you tell us what a tour manager is? What's the difference with a band manager, a booking agent? Yeah, so a tour manager is really, um, he's basically the manager on the road. So the manager never really kind of goes on the road. He might come for a few shows, but the tour manager is almost the the rep of the manager on the road. Um, so the, the manager kind of handles all the uh, business aspect of the band. Um, he's almost like a, another member of the band. But then they have a um, an agent, a booking agent, that they are booking all the shows. They have all the contacts in the venue, the, like all the contacts in different cities or festivals, and then they're kind of negotiating prices or a date, you know, to make it work or a tour. Um, booking agents work with promoters as well so um, they'll be like hey I have this band do you have any dates we're trying to book a tour and then they make all the contacts the contracts the tour manager doesn't really book any shows they don't really do any contracts either they are just when the tour is all booked when everything's agreed the tour manager received all the dates and then he has to make sure that everything is coordinated so um, he or she would um, kind of hire the van or a tour bus it depends on what level it is but as a you know entry level in some ways they'll get a van um, he'll book or she'll book all the hotels around they will also then reach out to all the venues and um, send their tech writer and all the writers to basically everything that they need to make the show work. So let's go for just a simple setup to not complicate things. Uh, the band, a regular, you know, rock band will probably have like two guitarists, uh, bassists and drums. Um, so then the tour manager will be like, oh, we're touring with our full back line. This is kind of the space we need. So then they'll send that to the rep. 
they usually has all the contacts or the the knowledge about the venue and then be like okay great we can make it work sometimes the band don't have um, certain backlines so they have to kind of work around and be like okay we need to hire this for the show or we need to have that for the show so this is all the technical aspect that the tour manager will handle with the rep then yeah kind of arrange all the travels around the different venues make schedules or make the tour schedule working with the venue schedule because sometimes you can't load in earlier sometimes you have a date that you need or when I was on tour in Utah we were supporting Dope Lemon so we had to work according to the times that we had from uh, Dope Lemon in some ways and sometimes we barely had time to soundcheck or sometimes we had time to soundcheck. Sometimes we barely had space on the stage. So then you're like, okay, where am I going to fit my drums on there? So, uh, but those are the little kind of things that just come on top after like you've advanced all the tour and tour manager as well at this level is probably going to be driving or is also sometimes the sound engineer. A lot of bands... Uh, have the sound guy to advance the shows or the manager will advance the shows and then give that to the rep. It really depends. Uh, but yeah, no, a tour, a proper tour manager hired for all this will advance the shows and arrange all the travels and hotels on the side. Okay. Yeah, see, I didn't even know if... Um a tour manager was involved at all in booking the gigs for the tour because um, are there any cases where a band wouldn't have a booking agent or would they have a booking agent before a tour manager? Yeah, so then I would say the tour manager then would be probably um, the manager, to be honest, because the tour manager, the, the I don't think bands at this level wouldn't have a booking agent uh, or the band will book their show themselves. Um, that's not because then the tour manager will really kind of just make it work. It will be given dates. I don't think because, or then that would be the manager who's kind of booking shows. Um, but I haven't really um, encountered a tour manager that would book dates. Okay. Because um, then I think you still need to be at a level where you probably have a booking agent when you have a tour manager. Yeah, okay. Um, still, even if they don't book the gigs, I assume a lot of the work is done before the tour happens, right? Is it like a 50-50 as a tour manager, like of prep organization and then a 50% being on the road or is it actually way more preparation? So it depends because ideally... You know, you would want to have everything ready before you go on tour. But you are working with other venues that are very busy as well sometimes. And you can reach out to them, but it could be still a while away till your show happened for that date. So you can advance the first shows and ideally you get in touch with all the promoters before you go on tour. But actually a lot of the advancing will still going to be done during the tour because especially if you're on tour for uh, you know two months you're not going to really advance three months in advance uh, your show because the venues will have other shows before and they're going to see your email and you'll be like well, this is way too early for that you know I have so many other shows so you try to get as much you know advanced done as you can but you rely on other people as well with busy schedule so you often have to kind of wait and then a lot of things needs to be agreed because as a tour manager as well like you you you're, you need to make an executive decision when sometimes when it's needed now but when you have time if there's a cost that needs to be agreed on you even like you often have to send it to either the agent or the manager being like, okay, um, we need this and it's going to cost that much. So then, you know, this is going to take time because there's a few more people involved. So then you always going to have to be 
you're you're a a middle passer, if I have to say. Mm. You know, I mean, you always you know have the information and pass it to the right people, and then make sure everyone agreed on things, and then you're like, okay, let's go, and then you move on. Well, tell us a bit more about that. A maybe breakdown of your daily duties there seems to be loads of tasks to think about so what do you do before what do you do after who do you communicate with etc so at the start um you'll be in touch with the manager because the manager would often hire you so then the manager will give you the the dates that you have that are uh, sent by the booking agent so you as well um link with the booking agent so they give you the uh, all the emails of the promoters so then you can start you know send your advance to the promoters but what you need to have ready is your writer so often the tour manager will create the writer for you know you like europe uk tour fall to to like 222 because your writer will change as well from different tours you can take you know an old one and then kind of change it a bit but then you get in touch with the band and ask what they need ask them actually what is their backline um so you can put it on the 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 technical writer their channel list as well so how everything they like to be you know put in the stage box this is a bit more technical this is something that I kind of know a little bit but this is not really my job either there will be more like a front of house but it's basically how they want everything to be put and kind of mixed on the sound desk mm-hmm. um, so this is in some info that the front of house person needs to have so everything that you cannot have needs to be put there even even from your voltage of you know um power for the backline because if you're in Europe and you're in European band it's fine but then if you're an, Amer- an American band touring Europe we don't use the same voltage so you need to make sure either you hire a backline that has the same voltage in Europe or you need like step down a step up transformers so like everything needs to be detailed because a simple thing like that if you're an American band and don't have that your whole backline will actually just you know stop working Mm -hmm. it's very important to actually have your eyes on everything specified everything that you have that you're going to be bringing how you want things to be kind of mixed sometimes as well if you don't tour with your front of house so if you don't tour with you know all your crew you kind of need to make sure that you have all that in your riders so the people that have you then they kind of know more about your show and they can make it as close to what you would want to have it which is nice sometimes because when you work with other crew you kind of see how people are different like are mixing or you know um you know doing lights a bit differently and then you can be like oh that was actually nice and then you can you know just take notes and Ooh. get it to your other show uh and then you put it on your writer so the next person knows <laughs> <laughs> you know nice yeah and um, and then on the writer as well you kind of put all the contact details you know, who's a crew, who's an artist. Basically, you just give them as much information as you can so then they get back to you with the less question possible. And when you were, what you were saying is that um, as a rep, I've rep most shows that I've been on tour and as a rep, I actually know all the questions that I want from a band. So now when I go on tour, I know exactly can I give them this is what we have, this is what we don't have, this is what we want, this is, you know, it's like we don't have front of house straight away, you know, so then they know that their house engineer will be mixing the show. Uh, we tour with full backline, you know, so this is all kind of information that they need to know so they know what to kind of expect when you come. Mm-hmm. We're touring with a splitter van, we need a parking spot, if not, where's the nearest parking place available? It's all, all the different aspects for when you arrive needs to be explained. Um, so you have to discuss all that with the manager and the band, really, before you go on tour. What kind of van are we going to hire? Where do we pick up the van? Um, so, yeah, that that's uh, that, that would be uh, that could take days as well. So you kind of wake up and you start <laughs> being on your emails and then picking the phone up and start writing, send some drafts then come back to you, then they're like, oh, no, we want this change or we want this, you know, to be this way. 
And then once you all agree on this, then my job is to start sending it to promoter reps and then asking for schedules. Because I can't actually do my itinerary if I don't know the schedules of the venues. So then sometimes I don't have a loading time, so I need to wait a bit longer to actually book a hotel somewhere. So that's why sometimes my work can be, I can advance as much, but I need information to actually lock everything before. There is an app called um, Master Tour. This is a tour manager app. You have to subscribe to it, but only the tour manager pay for it. And then you can just invite all the people in your band and basically you can just upload all the information needed and put everything like the address or and then it can link into your Google map or, you know, all the notes and info. So as well, you would then once you have the info, you would put it in Master Tour so everyone kind of knows about the travels or how it's going to be for the next day and stuff like that. So many aspects, basically, it's connecting the venues, the traveling, the accommodation, the catering and all that. Yeah, well, catering, it depends. Some venues have like catering in-house, which a lot of venues in Europe have. Not really much in the UK or Ireland. So <laughs> you would have a buyout per person. It's a it's a fee agreed per person to kind of go and buy some lunch. Um as well on the road, some bands will have PDs, which is called per diems, which are a bit of money uh, for your food, or for coffee, for like lunch and stuff like that. This will be all agreed before as well. Always changes different the bands, the budget and stuff like that. And then so yeah, then when this catering in house kind of nice because you know. You don't have to worry about that. It's all ready. You just need to know when is when is dinner. <laughs> when does it finish? Because <laughs> as well, like for bands, like usually, especially when we're supporting, uh, dinner was often just a little bit before we went on stage. And it's not really good for musicians to eat just before they go on stage. So you kind of have to make sure like, okay, just grab your food before and put it, you know, uh, somewhere aside and eat it after show mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of things as well, like some bands would want, you know, after show food. So you need to make sure uh, you know kind of what places are open afterwards and stuff. It's this is the whole hospitality side of it, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm just really impressed because there are so many things to think about. Um, there are so many things to organize, um, so much detail to pay attention to. So it seems you need a lot of skills, you need a lot of qualities. Do you want to tell us more about like the different qualities that a tour manager has? Yeah, I think you like you really need to be a uh, people person, first of all. You really... Because um, you on the road you're always with the same people so you it's good to like create a good connection with the people you're on tour with and then you also work with different person every day so yeah you really need to be have very strong communication skills a lot of patience because as well like before probably this is when more like the stereotypes of music and rock and roll was on you know people were more like probably strict or like oh we want this like that or we want you know which doesn't really happen now anymore because I think everyone just kind of understood that oh no you can actually have things as you want it to be by being actually calm as well and and nice to people and <laughs> you know we're all doing a very like hard job with long hours so there's no need to have you know more drama around it but yeah communication um patience you really need to be a quick uh problem solving um this is gonna be like most of your job because when you're on the road you usually always kind of rushing you don't really have time so even if your van breaks down like I barely, like, I don't really know too much about mechanics, but, like, I need to have straight away an answer to be like, okay, let's just call this person or, you know, have this done 
to be back on the road as soon as possible. Even in the venue, uh, we the, like they forgot to bring this. Okay, where are we gonna find that? So don't know anyone in the city, you know. So then you need to like reach out to other people. So that's why communication once again is very important because you need your problem solved all the time. So and you need you know. So it's it's it kind of works that way. Um, and then you just kind of. So you need to be yourself as well because people are working for you, with you, because they actually are like your vibe, you know, like you're a person. Um, and sometimes there's going to be some bands that you're working with and it's 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 not your people and it's, not, it's okay. Like, you know, you can't please everyone either. You can't be everyone else's friend. Yeah, it's kind of really knowing yourself so you kind of know where to position yourself a bit more. But then that goes with, you know, uh, experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, being nice definitely is a, is a major factor in the industry. Just, as you said, because you get stuck in the van for like really long hours with the same people and um, you want someone you, you're vibing with. Um, and yeah, just really impressive how... how like being a nice person well either you are or you're not I guess but the the uh organization and communication attention to details being able to anticipate also I guess these are good ones uh, yeah because yeah it sounds like when I when I, when I myself picture a tour I'm just like everything's gonna go wrong mm. like uh, you know a, a tire is gonna puncture the hotel is not gonna have booked you uh, everything's gonna be late there's gonna be a problem with the the back line a, a booking didn't go through there's definitely gonna be like loads of stuff going wrong right <laughs> There has been the the hotel thing. Uh, there was one point they I don't know what happened because we arrived as well very late. Like you're checking at the hotel around twelve one, so like you're they can't really just book you to another one like that. You know, I mean, if, like the personal is very like reduced as well and stuff. So and no one wants to have a problem at twelve thirty one a.m. You know. <laughs> All you just want is to go to bed and make sure you have at least five hours of sleep before you go to the next show. But um, uh, yeah, they just kind of they, they we we booked a three three bed like hotel like room and they're like oh we didn't have any three beds so we have upgraded you to like a double uh but like in a suite and I'm like. I, d I want three beds. I don't want to be in a suite. Like, we are five people. We need three beds. Um, otherwise, one of my persons is going to sleep on the floor. And I'm like, oh, but we don't have any three bed left, you know? And it's like, but why did you even just call, you know, earlier? Like, why did you make the call to just like, oh, yeah, no, they're going to be fine. I guess they're just probably, you know. No, we, we're five people. We need a three bed. But um, at the end of it, with a bit of, patience and talk not really get you know angry as well kind of be like I respect your job and what you do you know but this is not what I ask and this is what I need and we paid for it you know and at the end of it they just gave us an extra free room that was a three bed I was like so all of this <laughs> you just literally gave us a free room that is a three bed so you've lost You've lost a room as well because all we were asking was a three bed and you gave us one more room for free that probably cost you money for what we initially just wanted. I was like, I will. Well, at the end we got what we wanted, but it's just <laughs> like, what, what happened? <laughs> I guess, yeah, sometimes the tour manager, same as a band manager, needs to be a bit firm mm. in their requests, yet being nice in asking, but... I'm sure there's a situations where you have to be a bit firm. Um, but let's talk about any any funny stories that you have around touring or what are generally the tips also that you can give to artists, to, to tour managers before they go on tour, challenges that you've encountered and that you know now uh, you've learned you're not going to do the same thing the same way? Well, on the tips, always can I ask about parking? You know, and especially if you're in a van, there's not many places where you can actually park in a van, you know, with a van. All the indoor parking, you can, uh, 
for like you know forget them and a lot of venues in Europe will have early parking around but like in the UK or Ireland it's going to be you know on street and you can just spend an hour just look at you know for parking so always kind of make sure you have as much information as you can before don't be afraid to pick up the phone I'm quite old school and actually like a phone call and especially when you're on the road if you're driving you know just kind of like and you have more information so that's kind of good but uh yeah information is key so always make sure you kind of have everything as much as you can and have as well a buddy on the tour that would be in the band you know that you can as well uh pretty much rely on there's always going to be one in the band that's kind of probably at the start of when they all started was kind of dealing with all the management side of it so you know or have someone that's good with direction as well so whenever you're driving someone can help you and stuff so yeah try to try to have that as well in advance especially at the start you know and then you kind of get more around things but it's it's always you know nice to to have that and um funny stories well like it's it's basically moving a whole circus, you know, around <laughs> Europe. So there was always going to be... Always try to have some fun as well, you know what I mean? It's like it could be very tiring and, you know, I, I'm i always kind of trying to... I don't know if I'm very funny, but make a joke or, you know, I mean, just uh, take some time as, as well on the road to be like, oh my God, look at this. Or, you know, it's like just try to have a bit of lightness, you know, like around what you do because it's yeah just try to go somewhere and even sometimes like play a game when you get to the venue and you have some time um make sure to have uh, a rest um if you get food and you have some time a bit try to like actually maybe uh, even if you go on your own or if you go with the people you're on tour with try to just have a break and don't talk about like music <laughs> as much as you can because that's what's going to get you saying always it's going to be being on tour as well it's like you don't you, you lose touch with the real world um because you're always on a different schedule and you have, always have to meet a time and you know load in load out always you have a system you're always with the same people um and then you're going to forget to kind of like, oh, you're going to text your friend or you're going to text your family. But always try to make a, a, a phone call, you know, once or twice a week, you know, um, that people know where you are as well and give updates. Although like, and I'm terrible for that because I'm already terrible in normal life. But it's very important as well because that as well going to, even if, you know, you're a bit, anxious at some point or you're feeling like because it also becomes your whole world so because you're so like you know doing your own thing that like a problem can be like oh my god like this is going to be the end and you know I mean they're never going to hire me again or whatever but then if you call someone else and you know you're going to like straight away feel like oh no it's okay like there's another world you know and this is not the end I can work through that but when you're always in the same situation, it can always, like, feel very heavy. Mm-hmm. So it's good to kind of just, like, okay, no, this is not the end of the world. I can work through that. I've worked through things before, but when you're tired and stuff, it's, you know, good to keep saying. That's one of the qualities I actually forgot to mention, to be able to be relaxed. Um, not only for you as the tour manager, as you said, because it can be stressful, you carry expectations with you that things have to run smoothly you're ensuring that the tour is going smoothly so I'm sure quite easily you can feel that if there's a problem it's your fault but also being relaxed for the band you're working with and the crew you're working with because it is stressful as well for them like musicians in their career it means you know um, touring means spending money it's um what audience they're going to reach, if everything's going to go well, are they going to play well? And you can have a bit of cabin fever at times. You miss your family or your friends. Being someone relaxed who works with them, then it's 
it, it's going to relax them as well, I guess. So you have to be to be someone chill because otherwise, I don't think bands want to work with someone who's stressed. They want to think that everything has been taken charge of and that if there's a problem, um, the way the tour manager can deal with it is in a in a nice, positive and moving forward way, basically. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to uh, bring that into gender because I think there's there's two qualities I think that a female tour manager and a male tour manager will bring. A female tour manager might have more this like motherhood aspect where it's like you know it's basically you know you basically have a family on the road by the end of it because you know you're all the time together. You start to like know the person really well. Um, so even if you're not talking about really deep stuff, you you pick up on the behavior. And the thing is, a female tour manager could be good because we're a bit more, I don't want to say that too much to agenda, but maybe compassionate or we may, like, you know, we may, uh, we always kind of want to please people a bit more. Mm-hmm. We always want to make sure they have everything they need, you know. Do you have water for the stage or... Do you get food, you know, are you okay? And it's like, do you need to stop somewhere? Uh, which sometimes on the road, you don't have time for that too much. And this is where the male tour manager would be good because he'll be more like, okay, cool, I need this done, done, done. And then, you know, with the backline tech, you know, requirements to be like, okay, now it'd be more like making things moving, you know, with... But same, I don't really want to say that too much as a gender thing because a female Thomas would be really good at that as well. But there's definitely an aspect where female are more on the organizational thing because mm-hmm. they, you know, they might see more as a, you know, making things work as if it was, you know, around the family in some ways. And I think that's really important as well on tour and. I know some bands were saying we really like working with female tour managers because it just and as well if it if it's a uh, an all uh, an all male band, um, sometimes good to have a female tour manager to bring to to uh, break the dynamic. Absolutely. But then sometimes it might not work. It really totally depends. Yeah. It depends. You know, maybe an all male band would actually need a male tour manager mm-hmm. so it fits more the tour. But I know uh, for, you know, a lot of people from being on tour are saying, oh, we like having a bit of a mix because then it can, because uh, as well, an all female tour can be very dramatic as well. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, I haven't been in one. And as well, like maybe it'd be good then to have a male tour manager because mm-hmm. it would actually just balance it all. So, yes. yeah. Absolutely. As we said, what matters in the music industry is the person and how you vibe with them, regardless of their gender. But it is an interesting point, even in the studio, it happens that um, uh, I have been told a few times as well that it was a pleasure to work with a female engineer because um, I've heard that from female artists who felt a bit more safe and confident that they felt a bit less judged with a female engineer and the other way around with male um, male bands that they thought it was a different dynamic and they want to be a less like laddish attitude yeah. just like, <laughs> like macho and stuff so um, so yeah I understand and we're, you know we're, we're still not here to judge people on, on their gender but it is an interesting um, thing that we can witness one of my big questions about touring for um, I play classical piano but I've never been in a band so I'm really intrigued around the mystery of like a tour because I see mainly as a listener, what I see is that bands tour when they want to promote an album. But do some bands tour also when they want to promote just a single or they want to go on the road because they need to generate a bit of money for going to the studio eventually, that kind of things. Like basically, when do you think touring is the most efficient? All the time. (laughs) All the time. Um, your tour to build an audience, your tour to make money, your tour to promote a single, your tour, to, like not really a single, I'd say your tour to promote either yourself or an album. But now, especially now uh, with streaming revenues that are not, you know, very good for bands, all the way, like all, like you make mainly money now 
from touring and merch sales. Basically, band at the start, they would um, tour to promote themselves. Even if they don't have much music out, they would just kind of make themselves known. Um, and it started gradually. It started, for example, if you're an Irish band, then you'll start touring a little bit in Ireland, um, Belfast, and then you'll try to get a London show, and then you'll try to get, you know, a UK tour. Not for the UK tour, try to get a European tour. But by this point, you know, it all happened gradually, and some bands have to do that for longer than others. But then festivals going to happen, and then you're going to tour festivals, and that is mainly festivals are mainly going to... You don't really promote an album at festivals. I'd say you kind of then tour your album after the festivals because then you kind of make it more your own show because at festivals you just probably have like a 45 an hour set so you're probably not able to actually recreate your actual show as you would do as a promoting an album. But yeah, no, like touring. Of course there is an album cycle that, you know, you're... But you need to be making an album first, you know. Some bands are touring and they don't really have an album out, and they're just trying to like create enough revenue and um, publicity before they start making an album. Uh, but then, whenever you have the album, the album cycle kind of runs around. Okay, so the release of the album, then you want to. Is it going to be during the summer? So then. Are you going to be touring festivals or are you going to wait and then do your tour in the fall to then do the festival season afterwards? So it, you're, so people don't kind of come and see you at festivals and then they won't come and see your show. Mm. Or it's, it's all like um, a bit of a bet as well, but there is an album cycle um, that I'm not really too much part of. But yeah, it's it's it is in um, yeah. Okay, and let's talk about money then. In terms of generating money through touring for artists, because as you mentioned, it doesn't balance the way it did before with record sales. So is the focus nowadays on merch? Because you have to pay the venues to to book the shows, right? So um, you hear a lot of people saying, "I actually lost." money touring what are the positive outcomes for the bands when they're touring and uh, and yeah that question of the merch is is the main focus on the merch now um yeah merch will be the main point now because it's where the artists make the most revenue from and um <clears throat> now there's even a bit more of a problem is that a lot of venues start charging taking a cut of merch a commission I've read that. Which, um, and some venues, they actually just, especially in the UK, I found that it's like a lot of them will just take a cut on the merch and there is no way to avoid that because it's almost like all the venues would have that. So, <clears throat> sorry, all the venues would have um, this this commission fee And you have to, so you're paying your show, you're basically, before the artist starts seeing money, there's a lot of things that are being taken out of their fee. And merch is normally the only thing that actually just goes to the band. You know, there's no cut for the booking agent. There's no real cut from the manager. The manager takes a percentage of the overall fee so it's still like kind of in the advantage of the the, the manager to kind of make money on the merch and stuff and not take a cut from you know other things but the uh the yeah it's really hard now to kind of just avoid people taking money from like your revenues which are streaming which are like sales uh of course there's a lot of people working alongside you or with you to probably record an album so that's why I made like you know it's fair enough that people are taking a cut from that or they're taking a fee but merchandise is really like you know the the only thing that's like okay guys you know we're already paying the venue you know 
that you pay the merch seller. Okay, why not? <laughs> but some venues as well, they tell you we are taking a percentage on your merch and then you can't use your own merch seller. The venue has to sell the merch and that's going to be another commission. So you're like, okay, so I've... Can I just sell the merch outside the venue? <laughs> can I, I have my merch seller just kind of open a little boutique <laughs> at the front of the venue. <laughs> at the back of the van. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus you just sign just, it. Yeah. So it's even better because you get a signature from the band. Yeah. <laughs> it's an original, I promise. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. It's a bit devastating. It's hard enough hearing that about the venues taking a cut on the merch is quite um, hard for the artists, I'm sure. Um, what would be the money that they generate from the tickets? Um, then that would be a um, that would be a cut between the promoter and the artist. So from whatever sales they're making, minus when you cost, minus you know the rep fee, all that goes into. But that is kind of It's between the manager and the promoter. So I wouldn't really see much of them contracts. Mm -hmm. But the ticket sales then comes, you know, at the end of the show and it's it's agreed upon if, like, you know, a, a fee is split between promoter and artist. Okay. Yeah. And in terms of the earnings for the tour manager... I guess it must be hard sometimes to know how many days you work on something because there's the there's the preparation side of it. And then once you're on the road, it's like traveling time and being present for the shows, etc. Is it like a daily rate for a tour manager or is it like an agreed feed beforehand? Is it a different fee for the organization side of things beforehand and then a different fee when you're on tour? So it depends, once again, every tour is different, every band and, you know, is different. Um, but usually it is a fee per show. Usually travel days are not really paid. But then once again, you can always kind of negotiate your contract. Some might be paid in advance to advance the shows or some would be paid if fixed fee to advance the shows and then once they're on the road they would be paid per shows and you always will get per diems the pds that um would get you to um have you know some food and stuff on the road even on your travel days so yeah um but it depends all the time and what happens if a show gets cancelled and not just for the earnings of the tour manager but I'm thinking there must be a lot of insurance contract stuff happening because if a show is cancelled because of um, I don't know a, a natural uh, disaster or if your backline is stolen or if the backline doesn't arrive that you booked all those things what kind of insurance goes around touring? This is when you need to get a good lawyer. <laughs> Um, this is when you need all your contracts to be made and that would be the actual the manager that would look after that or like the manager would look after hiring a lawyer and discuss all those you know points with them like artists though would um, have a tendency to like Amy Winehouse for example she would have an insurance cover like her insurance would be worth like millions because Like she would, she could cancel her show any minute or she could be, you know, not able to perform. So the managers behind or who would, like the person that would uh, insure Amy Winehouse could be the same people who insure F1 pilots, you know, because mm -hmm. the risk on this could be just a lot and that's a lot of money behind it. So you need to be covered really, really well. On smaller shows, I've never had a show cancelled before for those, even for those conditions, so like natural disaster and stuff. But that would, if it's natural disaster, I guess this would be um, venue probably issue, unfortunately, because um, mm -hmm. it would get the band unable to perform 
but this is when you need a lawyer. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. what what yeah. conditions underneath? Like, do you say uh, the band is unable to come f- to perform because the venue can't um, host them in the like the agreed place or you know conditions? And then the venue can be like, well. This was the conditions were there, but then this happened to me, and this is not my fault. So, yeah, this is a a, a law question. <laughs> well, I didn't do be... well in my law exams. <laughs> well, the good thing is there's gonna be a there there should be an episode about uh, music law. So you've just triggered more questions. Perfect. Yeah, I was gonna ask like mainly questions for uh, you know production fees, etc., like songwriting splits and stuff. But you've just triggered a new question that I really want to ask now. So Beautiful. I'll, I'll be listening to it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, just a little bonus question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's easier to have a tour manager who lives in the same city as the band? Uh, not really. Um, it can be good to have someone from, you know, the the same city just for like maybe comfort um, of knowing the same places. But then the more you're gonna, you know, the more you're gonna grow as a band, the like then you're gonna have just tour manager coming from anywhere. That would be very experienced tour manager that. You would as well. You would work around the avail- availability of a tour manager, and I know some tour managers. Then they'll only be touring with certain bands that have been touring with from the start. Some will go through various tour managers because of you know either they're available or not, or like you know they might not have had the best experience with one tour manager and they want to try with another one. Mm-hmm until they kind of find the right person to tour with. But yeah, at the start, yes, it's good to have someone that you kind of know. But then the more the more you get famous and the more budget you have, you're going to see straight away, you're going to have so many more people as well on the tour. Once you start having a tour bus, it's not the tour that you had as a band, you know, in a van. There are probably more people now working on your shows that they're in your band as well. Mm-hmm. You know, probably five band members, eight crew. So it's completely different. And your tour manager then would not really have a connection with the band as you would have when you're all together in a van. You'll be coming into a venue, sit down into your office and just make sure that the band have what they need. But then you'll kind of let them have their own moment in their dressing room and stuff and only interact with them whenever there is a need for mm. so it really depends okay i see thanks for the explanation um well that was a great conversation about tour management i learned things i'm sure people who are listening will have learned things so thank you for uh, sharing your input uh, really valuable and i would like to also have your um, insight on being a promoter rep 